God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Just think for a minute what God has done for you. Think for a minute what God has brought you through. Think for a minute where he's brought you from. Hallelujah. Come on and give him the praise. He's worthy. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Don't you owe God just a few minutes. I said, don't you owe God just a few minutes. Don't you owe him a few minutes. I don't care where you are. If you're listening to us virtually, don't you owe God a few minutes this morning. Just a few moments to tune everything else out. To tune out what the world is saying. To tune out the television. To tune out your phones. To tune out your own fleshly mind. And just open your heart and your mind. And just focus on him for a minute. Can you do that? Just to show God you're grateful. Hallelujah. Just show God you're grateful. Do I have anybody out there who's grateful? I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful that he woke me up this morning. I'm grateful to God that he didn't let me die in my mess. I'm grateful to God that he's given me another chance. I'm grateful to God that I'm in my right mind. I'm grateful to God that he's given me purpose. I'm grateful to God. Hallelujah. Why don't you just open your mouth and just praise him on this morning. Just lift up those hands and give him the glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For all that you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for being in my right mind. Thank you, Lord, for giving me health and for giving me strength. Lord, I I thank you that I had somewhere to sleep last night. I thank you, Lord, that that those around me woke up with me this morning. Hallelujah. I'm not planning a funeral this morning for that, Lord. I I just say thank you, Lord. Lord, through through COVID and through all the physical trials and tolls, Lord, some way, somehow I made it to where I am right now. And for that, Lord, I just want to say thank you, Lord. I don't know why you did it, Lord. I can't explain why you did it. But yet, Lord, I'm here. And for that, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Hallelujah. I just want to say thank you. Lord, I put myself in a posture of gratefulness. I put myself in a posture of praise. Lord, because I owe you more than I can ever pay. Hallelujah. I want you to get that. I owe you more, Lord, than I can ever repay. So, Lord, all I can do and all I can be is thankful and grateful for everything. For everything that you've done. Lord, what you've done for me may not be the same of what you've done for others, but Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done for me. Hallelujah. Lord, I have not been perfect. I have not been perfect. Lord, I've erred. I've messed up. And Lord, all of my errors are not in my past. But Lord, I messed up on last week. I messed up on yesterday. Lord, my Even my mind may not have been where it should have been this morning. But Lord, you still considered me and you still love me. Lord, I thank you for your love towards me. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness towards me. 
Lord, you love me more than I love myself. You're more faithful to me than I've ever been to you. And for that, Lord, I just say, thank you. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him in here. Lord, I say, thank you. Lord, I say, thank you. Lord, I say, thank you. I say, thank you. Lord, today, somebody came into your house in need. Somebody came into your house wanting. Somebody's tuned into us right now and they have a great need. Lord, I cannot meet their need, but Lord, you can meet their need. Lord, I ask that you touch them right now, whatever that need might be. Lord, if it's their mind, Lord, if it's their finances, Lord, if it's their relationship, if it's their body, if it's their physical health, Lord, if it's their spirit, Lord, if they need to be spiritually encouraged today, Lord, I ask you to touch them and meet them at the point of their need. For my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Lord, we declare me needs being met right now in the name of Jesus. I don't, I don't just want you to, 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 to accept that. I want you to think that. I want you to think of what you need most right now from God. I want you to put that on your heart right now because God, he, he, he alleviates the burdens of our heart. Whatever it is on your heart that's on your mind right now, I want you to consider that right now. I want you to put that on the forefront of your mind right now. Put it on your mind right now. Whatever that thing that wakes you up at night, that thing that, that you think about first in the morning. I want you to put it up on your mind. I want you to focus on that in your mind right now. And right now, what, whatever you're thinking about, God already knows what you need. God is omniscient. He knows all things. Whatever it is that you need, I want you to trust and believe by faith that God is taking that need off of your mind. God is confiscating that need from your heart. God is removing that need from your hand and God is taking control of that thing right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe God is doing that for you right now, I dare you to open your mouth. I dare you to give God some praise wherever you are in this sanctuary, online, I dare you. Whatever is on your heart, in your mind, Lord, I give it to you. Hallelujah, Lord, I trust you with it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, come on and give him some praise. Hallelujah, come on and give God the praise. Lord, I'm trusting you with it. I'm believing by faith. Hallelujah, that it's yours. Hallelujah, I'm giving it to God. Why, as you take your seat in this house, I want you to point it to somebody and say, I gave it to God. I gave it to find somebody else, point at them across the room and say, I gave it to God. I came in here with something, but I don't have it anymore. Oh, I wish somebody had, would accept that by faith and believe that by faith. I, I came in here with something, but the thing I came in with, I've just given it to God. I'm going to trust him with it. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk out of here a little bit lighter than how I came in here. I feel, didn't it, anybody feel lighter right now? I feel a little lighter than I did when I walked in this house because I gave it to God and I'm trusting him with it. Trust God, those who are watching, those who are listening.
I dare you to trust God with it. He'll take it off of you. He'll take it into his hands and he will make sure that you are met at all points of your need. Come on and give God a hand praise in this house. Come on and give God some praise. Grateful to God this morning for each of you. I thank God for those who are watching and who are listening. God has been good to us and we're grateful for his blessing and kindness on on this week. For those many of you know that we were sharing in our jurisdictional meeting all this week in Nashville. Amen. And God blessed us. And yes, we're a little tired, but we're also encouraged. And God gave us a word during this week that he wants to share with his people. A new series that I will be sharing. And the this topic of the, sh- the series is ca- simply called Focus. I want to talk about focus. I want to talk about our focus relative to God, relative to our purpose, relative to our dreams, relative to the things that God said that we should have, those things that we have conceived in our mind. And many of us are wondering, why have I not yet walked into my path? Why have I not yet walked into my goals, into my career, into the next level, into the next dimension that God has promised me? And we want to talk for the next few weeks about focus and how we can grab hold of that which God has promised us. Relative to that, we're going to go to the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 14. We're looking at Matthew chapter 14, and our focus will be on verses 23 through 33. Again, that is Matthew chapter 14, and we'll be looking at verses 23 through 33. And I want you to walk with me in this. We're starting with a familiar passage. God gave us a, I'm going to introduce a passage to you next week that is not as familiar. But we wanted to start with the familiar to make sure that you grab hold of what we're trying to say and what God's trying to say through me to his people. And the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, from the English Standard Version says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves. For the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you. Command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Lord, touch us in these few moments, these destiny moments. Lord, give us a an acute sense of awareness 
as to how the word can be applied to our circumstances and to our heart. Therefore, allow our hearts, our minds, our spirit to be open to what and receptive to what your word is saying to us. Allow your word to be our guide, to illuminate our path and show us the way that you would have us to go. Most of all, Lord, do not allow us to leave here in the same manner in which we came. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you from the simple thought relative to our series is focus. And in this particular passage, we see Peter and we see the disciples. And I share this passage so many times from so many different angles. But our focus, if you will, on this particular pericope at this time is on Peter. We really want to focus on the actions of Peter relative to Jesus. I've shared before that we know that uh, the the disciples were sent away and it was after the feeding of the 5,000. This particular passage is shared in Matthew, Mark, and John. You'll find it in all of those. However, in the, the, the books of Mark and John, you do not find the scriptures relative to Peter going out to walk on the water to Jesus. You will just hear about Jesus walking on the water himself. Matthew is the only one who records in this particular passage the Peter doing his part, walking out, getting out of the boat and walking to Jesus. So in the passage, Jesus has gone aside to pray after having fed the multitude. He went up and prayed and then he came out on the water a little later. I've shared before to you, it was not a small distance. They say he he walked a, a matter of almost three quarters of a mile out onto the lake to reach where the disciples were. And this was not just a little pond. This was a deep, the sea of Galilee that he's walking out on. And it's late in the night. It's the fourth watch of the night. It's almost, I think it's about between three and five, between two and five a.m. It's almost the breaking of day. And they see what they, they cannot see clearly what, what, or make out what is happening. Who is this on the water? What creature is this that is near the boat? And after a while, it says they were terrified in our text. And after they identify, or at rather, Jesus identifies himself. He says, fear not, do not be terrified, do not be scared, do not be afraid. He said, it is I. When they identify him, well, Peter has a test for Jesus. Peter's test for Jesus is pretty simple. He said, Lord, if it is you, then why don't you invite me to come out on the water with you? Peter has an understanding that if it's if it's the devil, if it's a a deceiver, then then they won't be able to meet this challenge. But only Jesus or God himself would be able to give Peter the ability to walk out on the water to meet him, to get closer to him. So Peter's focus in this particular passage is to, one, make sure that it is Jesus. And two, if it is him, he wants to be closer to him. His desire, his drive, his his purpose, his focus is to be closer to Jesus. And so should all our focus be to be closer to Jesus. He wanted to identify that it was Jesus. We need to find out where Jesus is. And wherever he is in our lives, we want to be closer to him. 
What do you mean find out where he is? When I say find out where he is, we know God is in every place. But what I mean by find out where he is, that means we need to determine where we need to be relative to God in our own lives. Make sure that we are in the right place, that we're in the right position, that we're in the right place at the right time relative to what God desires from us. So this was a positional desire for Peter to see if this is truly God, then I want to be as close to him as I possibly can be. And if our time of quarantine has not taught us anything, it should have it should have fortified our need to be closer to God. Should have fortified our if if the threat of impending death and 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 a, and a, and a worldwide pandemic didn't make you focus on yourself. I don't know what will. I believe that God out of this out of this pandemic has caused those saints who many had drifted away to think again on how close am I truly to God? Nothing to do that like death. Nothing to do that like the threat of death. When when you think you're going to die, people get real religious. There's some agnostics and atheists that all of a sudden learn to call on the name of Jesus when, when they think they're about to die. Jesus said, at the name of Jesus, every knee, I wish, I wish you were in here with me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess it. Sometimes it's just a matter of them understanding and appreciating their own mortality. When you recognize that I might die, I might not make it to tomorrow. I need to make sure that my life is lined up with God. And many of us, we should have had that same type of conversation, not with somebody else. This is the time we ought to have this conversation with ourselves. Because the pandemic wasn't about haters. Because you were by yourself. <laughs> pandemic was about you. You couldn't blame your haters for slipping during the pandemic. You were quarantined. You can stop talking about haters and we can start talking about ourselves. Stop focusing on the outside and focus on the inside. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your own mind. That means focusing on the enemy that's on the inside. Focusing on ourselves, making sure that we are what we purport to be or what we say we are. What we advertise that we are. Some of us, if we were a product being evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration would be cited for false advertising because we say one thing on our label, but our ingredients don't match what our label says. Do your ingredients match what your label says? See some of you with your BT shirts on with the cross on it. That symbolizes Jesus. Does the inside reflect what you're saying on the outside? Oh, I'm a Christian. I, I, I trust God. I believe God. What would Jesus do? That's what our label says. But do the ingredients on the inside match what you are advertising on the outside? This should have been a time of introspection to reflect on who we really are. Because before Peter stepped out of the boat, there had to be some introspection. Because first he was questioning who Jesus was. But before he put that foot on the water, he better have questioned who he was. 
I'm telling somebody it's it's time to evaluate who you are. Because at that point, Jesus said, come out. And he, he said, if it be you, I want to be close to you. Jesus says, come. So then Peter has that moment where he's teetering on the edge. Some of you have been on that edge and, and, and you're about to make a step. And then you begin to ask yourself some questions. You ever been on the edge and then you ask yourself some questions? Some of the questions you might ask are, first of all, you need to do a health check. Hold on. I'm not going to bust my knee before I hop off this edge. You need to do a self check. You need to evaluate where you are. And that's exactly what Peter had to do before he made a step over the edge of the boat. He had to evaluate. OK, now he says he's Jesus. But but am I everything that I say that I am? Do my ingredients on the inside, does my faith on the inside match what I am saying or reflecting or suggesting that I am on the outside? Am I who I say I am? And that's that's a fair question for each of us to ask. Am I who I say I am? Am I who I tell people that I am? Because when you say that's a Christian, a Christian, it rolls off the tongue easily, but that's a mouthful. When you say I'm a Christian, I'm Christ like I'm striving every day to be more and more like Jesus every day. So when we say that we're a Christian, we are we are reflecting one thing on the outside. But we need to make sure that we have some time to talk to Jesus to make sure our inside matches what we're telling people. I'm telling you, you can't be a Christian if you don't pray. There's no such thing as a as a as a as a Christian that does not pray. Amen. No such thing as a Christian that does not read God's word. That's that's not accurate. That's that's not right. Because to say you're a Christian, let me put it to you this way. You might might say, well, I'm I'm headed. uh, I'm driving to Boston and I don't have any directions. But I'm headed to Boston. Now, say, say there's a difference between saying, between saying I want to go to Boston and saying I'm headed to Boston, because if you start driving in the wrong direction, you might want to go to Boston, but you're not headed to Boston. You understand what I'm saying? You, you decide to go Nashville. You take 40 West. You want to go to Boston, but you're not headed to Boston. There's a difference between wanting to be a Christian and being a Christian, because in being a Christian, that means every day I'm headed in a direction like Peter that draws me closer to Jesus. There's a difference between a desire to be Christian and and, and we need to we need to make make that difference. We need to understand that there's a difference. I want to be Christian. Most of the world, a lot of the world wants to be Christian. But to say I want to be Christian and I am Christian are two different things. Because even when you say you are a Christian, that doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you don't slip up. That don't mean that doesn't mean you don't make a mistake. I might get a flat tire on my way to Boston, but I'm still headed there. I tripped up. I slipped. But I'm still headed in the right direction. Come on in here now. 
Now, I can have all my tires can be working and I'm, I'm driving the wrong direction, but I'm not headed there. Same thing in being a Christian. Some of us, we're, we're fine. We're operating fine. We're just not heading in a direction that causes us to be closer to God. We have to course correct. We have to adjust. Many times this, this past week, I was driving and my particular navigation system is one that will change your route based on what is quickest or what is fastest. Sometimes it will lead you around traffic, particularly when you're dealing with Nashville. Because if you're going to Nashville, you're likely to run into traffic at some point. So sometimes it would change course. And I had to adjust my driving to the course that had been changed. I had to correct to make sure that I stayed on track with where I needed to be. Sometimes as Christians, we're headed in a direction towards Jesus, but we don't make the corrections that are necessary to stay on target. To stay on the path. That means you slip up. Yes, I slipped up. But I got to get back on course. It's okay to fall. It's okay to make a mistake. But baby, you have to get back on course. You have to get back on track. Song said, "We fall down, but we get up again." Well, with God's help, we get up again. But when we get up, we have to course correct and make sure that we're following a path that leads us closer to God. Sometimes when you falter, let's say you're on the, the interstate and you, 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 your tire goes bad and you have to get a new tire. So sometimes you have to go off the path you are on to get your tire fixed. But once you get the tire fixed, you have to course correct and get back on the right path that leads you to where you're going. The same is when we err, when we make, steps, make mistakes, when we make mental errors, when we say things we shouldn't say, do things we shouldn't do. We can't allow that to cause us to go the completely wrong direction. But we have to, with the help of God, correct our course and get back on our path that leads us closer to God. And I'm telling somebody, you ought to be closer to God today than you were yesterday. I plan to be closer to God tomorrow than I am today. Because I'm working on it, but you don't get better if you don't work on it. Can't expect to get better if you don't work on it. What you expect to magically improve without working on it? Oh God, just just fill my head with all the scriptures. No, baby, you need to read them. You need to read. You can put, open your Bible and, and read the Bible. God does not magically insert his word into your head or into your heart. You have to read it so that it's in your heart. Study to show yourself approved a workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to know the word. David said, let thy word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But I have to read the word. I have to be in the word. I have to put the word in my mind and in my heart. So that I can get better. You ought to have a plan to read God's word if you're trying to get better. You ought to have a plan. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Don't, don't, sometimes we, we need to stop praying lazy prayers too. Such thing as, as a lazy prayer. Lord, Lord, make me read your word. No, baby, you sit down and read the word. Lord, help me pray. Well, no, you need to pray because I'll I tell you, you want to know how God makes you pray? He sends you trouble. 
He allows trouble to come into your life. And if he allows enough trouble, you'll find time to pray. Some of us are so busy. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time. All right. Trouble will open up your schedule and give you time to pray and read God's word. I'm, I'm raising my hand. I know trouble will open up your schedule and cause you to be more consecrated to God. But there are things we have to do. We're on, we want to be on a path that leads us closer to God. Like Peter decided, I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to take affirmative action. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say, all right, Jesus, snatch me out of the boat and let me be close to you. He didn't say that. Jesus gave him an instruction to come. He gave him an assignment to come out of the boat. So Peter had to make true or perform his side of the task. You want to be closer to me, Peter. You want to do what I'm doing. You want to be where I am. Then I need you to have first enough enough faith and courage to step out of where you are. And take the effort by faith to walk to where I am. I need you to show some effort in this thing. I need to show I need you to show that you're interested in being close to me. I need you to give me something, Peter, do something to show that you want to be closer to me. And that's what God is saying to some of us. You keep saying you love me. You keep saying you are a Christian. You keep saying you want to be like Jesus. You want to be closer to me. But he's saying, I need to see your effort. What are you doing to get closer to God? What are you doing to get closer to God? In fact, a good question to ask yourself at the end of every day. What did I do today to get closer to God? What did I do? What did I do? And I'm not talking about wishes. Oh, I said a prayer, Lord, I wish to be closer to thee. No, I'm talking about what did you do? Did you really pray? And I'm talking about prayer. I'm, I, I'm not talking about memorized prayers. I'm talking about praying out of the depth of your heart. Because I, let, let me tell you something. You're saying, God, teach me how to pray. Oh, no, God don't teach you how to pray. Trouble teaches you how to pray. <laughs> you want to learn the words of prayer? You go through enough things. You go through something. And that'll teach you how to pray. Even Jesus himself said, lead us not into temptation. Why? Because he'd been into temptation. He'd been led into the wilderness into temptation. So when he says in the model prayer, lead us not into temptation, he's praying relative to trouble that he had experienced himself. Relative to trouble he had experienced. Baby, don't wait for a prophet to tell you what your sins are. Baby, you know what you struggle with. You don't need a prophet to be beamed down from another country and call you out of your seat to tell you what you deal with. Baby, you know what you struggle with. So start your prayer there. Lord, help me with this. I say things I shouldn't say. Lord, help me with that. I think thoughts that I shouldn't think. Lord, help me with that. Lord, Lord, Lord I struggle in, in being financially responsible. Lord, help me with that. I struggle in my relationships. Lord, help me with that. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is you're struggling with, it, nobody knows that any better than you do. You know what you struggle with. 
that's a good part or a good place to start praying for the Lord to help you with that. And get this, after you ask God to help you with it, work on it. Work on it. Don't say, Lord, help me stop drinking. And then you go to the bar and buy yourself a drink. And I said, I prayed. So since I prayed, God's going to smack this drink out of my hand before I take a sip. That's not, that's not how God, hey, come on. It's not how God works. That's not how he works. That tells me you're saying I'm going to Boston, but you're heading the wrong direction. You're not taking steps to be closer to God. What did I do today? What did I do today to be closer to God? What did I do? And in the same respect, just as I'm talking about Jesus and just as I'm talking about God, that's the same way we should look at our dreams. That's the same way we should look at our goals. That's the same way we should look at the things that we desire to achieve in life. At the end of the day, what did I do today to get closer to my dream? What did I do today to get closer to my goal? We got to stop praying for stuff that we're wishing for that we're not going to work on. If you're going to if you're not going to work on it, take it off your wish list. Because it's not a goal, it's a wish. You don't really want it. You don't really want it. Somebody pointed somebody in here and asked them the question, say, do you really want it? Put that, in, put that hashtag of that in the chat. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? When you, when you really want it, let me tell you something. When, when you really want something, you can't spend too much time on it. When you really want it. You know, I can give you an idea of that. Whatever you like to do most, whatever your hobby is, whatever it is, you you watching TV and all that. You know what you always say? Time got away from me. You know why? Because you want to do that. Time gets away from you when you want to do it. But when you're struggling and when you're grinding, if you don't really want it, you be like, whew, this is taking so long. It seems it seems longer, even though you spent the same amount of time watching TV. Let me tell you, let me tell you, this. some of you all, you, you spend, if you just average how much time you spent watching TV every day. If one day, just one Sunday, we spent that many hours in church, y'all be leaving, you be passing out, you be tipping out. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's what's wrong with pastor today. He done lost his mind. Lost his mind. Because that's not what you really want. Oh, all right. All right. We, we sing all these songs. We need a word from the Lord. I, I want a word from the Lord. And you say, yeah, Lord, send your word, Lord. Then somebody gives you a word. You start looking at your watch. It's, it's about, that's okay. He got, he got about 10 more minutes. I'm going to be out of here. Because you don't really want it. You don't really want it. If you really want it, you enjoy the process. You really want it. You enjoy the process. You talk about these athletes, these athletes who perform so well. You know why they perform well? Because they love the process. 
They, they, they want it. They're, they're in the gym shooting shots. These basketball players in the NBA finals right now. They said sometimes Kobe Bryant would show up to practice two hours early shooting. Shooting. He's just out there shooting. Then he practices shooting. Then he's in the game. He's shooting. Then they said sometimes after the game was over and everybody else was gone, Kobe's in the gym still shooting because he wanted it. He wanted it. He had a desire for it. If you really want it, baby, you got to love the process. If you don't love the process, you don't really want it. So you need to adjust your goals to things where you appreciate the process. Appreciate the process. I enjoy, I love preaching to you guys on Sunday. I love it. I enjoy it. It, it brings me joy. It gives me a certain energy that I have. I can be sick before I get up here. But it's like the adrenaline just being up here and God pouring through me it just disappears. Then after it, I might be drained. Sunday, I, my family will tell you the only time I need a nap is on Sundays because it takes so much out of me because I want it so bad that I don't feel it while I'm up here. But you know what? I enjoy more than preaching to you guys is getting ready to preach to you guys. I enjoy that more because during that time, God is pouring into me. I'll spend hours, my family tell you, hours and hours in front of the computer screens, looking and researching the Bible and the word and, 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 and different commentaries and, and, and the languages and the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that and getting, and getting, and getting involved and, and, and uh, getting absorbed into the minutiae of all of those things. And, and believe me, I study a whole lot more than I preach it because y'all wouldn't stay here that long. That'd be one of those Sundays y'all say, Pastor's tripping. But you have, I enjoy the process. If you don't get caught up in and enjoying the process, then I came to tell you, you need to adjust your goals because whatever you're going after, you don't really want it. Don't really want it. So you want to you want to lose weight, baby. You need to find a process that you enjoy that helps you lose weight. Because if you do something you hate, you won't keep doing it. You need to find a process that works for you. That's why everybody's journey is different, because you like different things. Come on in here. Some people can be vegetarian. Some of y'all are like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't get involved in that process. But find a process that works for you. Because if you don't love the process, I came to tell you, if you don't adjust it, that lets me know that you don't really want it. You know what people, even athletes, you know what they tell you? They tell you when they know it's time to retire. They say they know when it's time to retire when they no longer want to practice. That's what they say. When, when, when I found out I, I didn't want to show up for practice. When I didn't want to show up for preseason, when I never when I no longer enjoyed practice, a lot of them say I still enjoyed the games. But when I no longer wanted to practice, when I no longer enjoyed the process, it was time to retire. I came to tell somebody, baby, you can't retire as Christians. We don't you can't retire. You cannot retire. You have to enjoy the process. You have to love the word. Love the word. And loving the word doesn't mean just loving hearing me on Sundays. That's not just loving the word. When you love the word, you need it more than just one day a week. 
You love the word. You'll find yourself doing the things that you love because it's your habit. It's part of your process. Part of your process. It's like my wife is intuitive. She knows sometimes I get up in the morning. It's like I'm shaking myself in a certain way. I just stand up. She's it seems like she's right. One hundred percent of the time. She's like she's like, you're getting ready to run, aren't you? It's like she knows just, just the process. She, she knows by my posture that that's what I'm preparing to do, because that's part of the process. That's just part of what I do. It's just a habit. It, it, when I go to my office at home, when the first thing I do, sometimes out of habit before I know it, I pulled up the Bible software. I, I, I pulled up God's word because that's my habit. I'm a creature of habit and I'm doing something and I'm falling into something that I love to do. Baby, if your only process and your only habit is watching TV, baby, you need to adjust your goals. You need to reevaluate your process. You can't love TV and love Jesus. Can't do them both. You have to prioritize. Something has to be more important than the other. The Bible says it this way, the, 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 the sloth loves sleep. The one who, who loves sleep, the Bible puts it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it in my way. He who loves sleep will always be broke. He who loves sleep will always be broke. You can't love money and sleep, baby. I, it's real quiet right there, but I, I'm let, you can't love both of them because you're going to get one of them. Either you're going to get money or you're going to get sleep, but you have to prioritize. You're going to have to prioritize one of the, over the other. He who loves sleep. I want you to get that. He loves sleep because I'm talking about focusing. I'm talking about going after your goals. If you love sleep, that's what you're going to do. That's going to be your pattern. That's going to be your process. There was this... Uh, Song that kind of illustrates my point. And for y'all super saved folks, y'all can close your ears for a minute. There's a song back in the 90s. The guy said he, he talked about all the things he wanted to do. But then he talked about his process and what he really loved to do. He said, I was going to go to school, but I got high. I was going to go to work, but I got high. He keeps talking about all the stuff he was wanting to do, but he fell into his process of getting high. So instead of doing what he needed to do and what he said he wanted to do, he fell into his process. He got high. And some of us is not getting high, but it's the same thought. It's the same concept. I was going to go back to school, but I went to sleep. I was going to study for the work exam and get a raise, but I went to sleep. I was going to read my Bible, but I went to sleep. Think about it. We, we, we're, we're saying we want something, but we fall into the process of what we really love. Somebody say focus. It's time. To focus. It's time to focus. 
God led me down that path. I'm going to have to get back to the rest of this sermon next week. But you have to learn to love. Get this from here, from, from today. You have to learn the process that gets you to where you want to be. Because if you don't love the process, you'll never get there. You'll never get there. There's some folks, maybe, not may not y'all, I'm going to talk about y'all. There's some folks, their New Year's resolution for the last 20 years has been to exercise. And they still haven't exercised. They keep saying, well, I'm going to start my exercise regimen tomorrow. Well, there was, oh, man, that's, they got that good fried chicken this weekend, so I, I, I'll start next week. Uh, well, it's my birthday, and I got to get, get some cake, so I, I'll start next week. I was, it's, it's the 4th of July, and we're having a cookout, so I, I guess I'll start next week. I will, Mom and them, uh, they, they invited me over, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to act like I'm funny, so I, I'll start. Before you know it, it's, it's December 31st. You're like, well, Lord, never did start my diet. Because you don't love the process. Because you never loved the process. Never, you never adopted the process. I'm challenging everybody in here. I'm challenging everyone listening, listening to me. Either adopt and love the process or remove it off your wish list. Adopt and love the process that gets you to where you want to be or remove it off your wish list because it's just a wish. It's not something that you really want. If you cannot fall in love with the process that gets you to where you want to be, then it's a wish that you will never reach. So you need to make a choice. Do I need to evaluate what I want or do I need to fall in love with the process that gets me to what I really desire from God? I'll tell you this with Peter and I'm closing. Peter wanted to be closer to God, so but he had to make a step. He had to step out of the boat. He had to demonstrate a level of faith. That moved him from where he is. And, and I came to tell somebody right now. And by moving, I don't mean moving locations. I don't mean moving cities and moving places. But I'm talking about personally. The place where you're going to go requires effort. It requires you to move. And sometimes it just means moving out of a mentality that keeps causing you to get high. Keeps causing you to watch TV. Keeps causing you to go to sleep. Let me give you this. I want you to think about it. You don't have to raise your hand. I want you to think about something on this week that you spent. Because remember, we broke down the time for you before about how many hours you have in a week. You have more time than you think. I want you to think this. Uh, think on this past week. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to tell anybody. But I want you to do this for me. You don't have to do it right now because somebody might be in your business. But when you go home, I want you to write it down. What did I spend 20 or more hours on last week other than work? I'm not talking about work. What did I spend 20 or more hours on last week that didn't involve work? Because you had more than 20 hours at home by yourself. You weren't asleep. You were awake. You weren't working, or for those who were in school, you weren't in school, and most of you are out. But what did I spend 20 or more hours on last week? Because whatever that is, 
That's what you love. That's what's important to you. Some of you may have spent 20 extra hours of sleep. By that, I mean well, above those eight hours you need. Some of it might be sleep. Some of y'all may, may have slept 200 hours last <laughs> week. If you, if, you, if you sleep in that much, baby, you love sleep. That's what you love. That's what you do. And you can expect to be broke if you love sleep. And you can't sleep your way to be closer to God. I had some holy dreams. No, you didn't. (laughs) You didn't sleep your way into a better relationship with God. You don't eat your way into a better relationship with God. And you don't stop lying to yourself. You ain't watching TV into a closer relationship with God. I need to evaluate my processes. I need to evaluate my priorities. Remember, again, and my my ingredients on the inside, does it match what I'm advertising on the outside? Do I want to go to Boston or am I headed to Boston? Do I want to be a Christian or am I a Christian that's getting closer to him? So then I ask my question, what did I do today to get closer to God? What did I do today to get closer to my goals? What did I do today to get closer to my dreams? And whatever I'm spending my time on, whatever my habit is, whatever I fall into. That's my process. So the question is, whatever I'm falling in, whatever I spent 20 hours or more on last week outside of work. That's where I'm heading. And I just need to talk to somebody and I'm finished. Everyone's standing on your feet. I'm I'm finished. Stop exerting energy on your past. You can't go forward and exert energy in your past. You can't do both. Your energy has to be forward. We talked about forward this year, all this year. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going forward. You know what you can't do? You cannot have momentum in both directions. It's not possible. The laws of physics forbid it. I can't have momentum going forward and momentum going backwards at the same time can't have momentum in both directions. So if I am focusing and concentrating on my past, then I am holding up my forward momentum. I can't go forward. I'm too anchored into what happened in my past to go forward. And that anchor can happen many ways. Sometimes it's shame. You think you don't deserve to go forward because of what happened to you in your past. That's the devil, baby. That's not God. Some of you are trying to fix. You're trying to fix your past. Can't fix your past. Maybe you can't fix it. Stop fixing. You're trying to fix your past. God doesn't fix your past. God fixes where you are right now. There's some brokenness in your past. I don't need God to fix my brokenness in my past. I 
need him to fix the brokenness of my present so that I can go forward so that I can get closer to him and stop worrying about what you see somebody pointed a neighbor and said your eyes will deceive you put that in the chat your eyes will deceive you Peter, he he got the courage, he had the faith to step out of the boat. And as long as he was looking at Jesus, as long as his focus was on Jesus, he walked on the water, everything was all right. But the word says when he saw, he stopped looking at Jesus. Don't ever stop looking at Jesus. When he stopped looking at Jesus, he saw the wind and he saw the waves. And you know what the devil told him? You're not good enough to be walking on the water. You're not qualified to be walking on the water. There are things that happen in your past that ought to keep you from walking on water. There are people telling you you can't do what you're doing. There are people telling you you can't go where God told you to go. There are people who are saying you'll never make it to your goal. You'll never make it to your dream. You'll never be what God told you you're going to be. Stop looking at the waves. Stop looking at the wind and keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Don't ever stop looking at Jesus. Keep your focus on him. Keep your eyes on the prize for the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise for that word. Believe and trust God for that word. You're praising God because you're believing it for yourself. You're praising God because you're believing it for yourself. You're praising God because you know it's going to happen for you. Why are you praising him? Say, it's happening for me. Why are you praising him? Say, it's happening for me. It's happening for me. It's happening for me. Everything that God promised, everything that God has declared in my life, I'm believing by faith. I'm trusting God that it's happening. It's happening. It's happening for me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we apologize. We're sorry, Lord, because our flesh has taken us off the path. The excuses that we give ourselves have taken us off your path. Our failure to properly prioritize our life has taken us off the path. We've allowed the weight. Lord, it's not just the sin, but Lord, we've allowed the weights to beset us from running the the race. Sleeping too much. Eating too much. Loving the world too much. Falling into patterns of television and social media that have taken us off the path of getting closer to you. And for that, Lord, right now, we're saying, Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for being distracted. We're sorry for losing focus. We're sorry for falling off the path. Lord, we pray right now that you forgive us. Forgive us right now, Lord. You said if we confess our sin, 
faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, cleanse us, wash us, make us whole right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Deliver us and forgive us from all of our sin, Lord. Take us out of the path of temptation, Lord. But lead us and guide us by your word into that path that leads us closer to you. And Lord, while we're on the path, don't allow us to be distracted, Lord, but keep our focus, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, you said that if you focus on me, Lord, you said if you ask anything in my name, thou not in your heart, it shall be done unto you, Lord. You, you, you know the thoughts, the dreams, the plans that you have for us, Lord, to bring us a future and a hope, Lord, if we stay focused on you. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, Lord, if we stay focused on you. And Lord, my God shall supply all our need according to our riches and glory if we stay focused on you now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think Lord if we just stay focused on you and Lord what then shall we say to all these things if God be for us if God be for us who can be against us Lord, we claim it right now. We claim your path, Lord. We claim your direction. Hallelujah, Lord. Guide our steps and lead us that we may stay focused on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on and give God some praise in here. Come on and give God some praise. Hallelujah. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you. And we pray that you continue to live with expectation and focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be blessed. Come on. Right. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Give a Fun. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.